Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the you know, Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen. The fun one is back for 2023. Yes, as you mentioned, this is our first episode of the year. Uh, we are glad you guys are all back with us again. Uh, we are here to bring you some news. Uh, fortunately, news from Microsoft is pretty slow, but fortunately for you, CS is also happening. So we have news. Uh, Microsoft's kind of in the air at CES, not necessarily presenting anything, but uh, their presence is felt uh, because a lot of things are running Windows. A lot of things are running on Azure. So we'll talk about some of that stuff. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Talk about probably some of the biggest news aside from the cars that are there, the concept cars. We have a thing with this BMW that has like any display and Sony decided to make an actual car this time for some reason that shows you the weather on the outside of the car. I, other than I the cars, <laughs> yeah, there was some display technology that's there to help calibrate uh, viewing modes. Basically, they're adding filters to uh, TVs so you can see a movie however you want to, maybe in sepia tone. People might like that stuff. We're going to get into the stuff I think you guys might find interesting, which is the first one. The Surface Neo is back. We have Lenovo's Yoga Book 9i. I wrote about it. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance to review this thing uh, when it comes out. But uh, we're here to talk about the 3.04 pound elephant in the room, which is the Lenovo Yoga Book. Lenovo's version of the Surface Neo has received the most coverage per relevance. Uh, again, not saying it's the most covered thing, but for a laptop, uh, I think it's probably perhaps the most covered one that's been at CES this year. Um, that is to say that while the duo is still kind of a head scratch for most tech journalists, uh, the lust that accompanies the yoga book seems oddly inverse. People were really loving this yoga book. But when the Neo was announced, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know about this, Microsoft. We don't, we don't necessarily need this. Again, times have changed. Things have happened. Technology has advanced. So maybe we are ready for that. Uh, regardless, the yoga book nine has headline has uh, headline mini articles. And the there's tons of hands on videos over the past 72 hours. For those of you living under a rock, I'm going to try and describe what this thing is. Uh, it is a dual screen Windows 11 powered foldable laptop with the following specs. We have a 13 gen processor, uh, which I think will run a Core i7 U15. Uh, it'll be running Windows 11. Uh, the graphics will be Intel Iris uh, XE, which I think we're updated again this year. Uh, so again, probably modest graphics boost. Uh, the memory will be uh, 16 gigs LPDDR5X. Uh, again, we'll be using PCIe SSD storage. Uh, the displays are 2.8K resolution, 400 nits, uh, the both OLED panels uh, with the DCPI P3 100% uh, support. Only 60 hertz, uh, but they are in 16 by 10 aspect ratios. Uh, they have a nearly borderless uh, design to them, so uh, that's pretty nice. Uh, they will be supporting Dolby Vision. Uh, they have uh, Bowers and Wilkins speakers, Dolby Atmos uh, support for that, uh, and F, uh, a full HD IR uh, camera for, and I think it's up to five megapixels. So I'm assuming uh, Windows Hello will be in there, incorporated in there somewhere. They have an 80 watt uh, battery uh, that's going to be on board, and I think they will be. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think there's LTE associated with this one, at least not this initial one that they're showing off. Port-wise, they have three USB Type-Cs uh, on board. They'll be using Wi-Fi uh, 6E. Um, they are mentioning in the descriptions that Cortana is going to be supported. Don't know why. Um, there's Lenovo Vantage, which can be useful for some people. 
uh, Amazon Alexa is also supported. Again, don't know why. I feel like that's actually starting to slip as far as usage for a lot of people. Uh, Bluetooth 5.1 and they're supporting uh, Bluetooth 5.2, probably with some kind of you know a software update or uh, BIOS update in the future for that. So that's what it is. Uh, again, and if I was haven't described it, if you haven't gotten a vision for it uh, through the description of the specs, just picture the Surface Neo, which should be running across the screen right now. Uh, but I get 2XL version of it. It's just the larger version of what we saw about, what is it, three, four years ago for Microsoft? I don't know. You know, I'm excited. This is one, one, one device I'm excited for. But I kind of look at it this way. There's a lot of things at CES that when they're on that CES floor, they look cool. Mm-hmm. That that they make it to market and they underperform. Now, I think <laughs> this will be the device that performs. And I've noticed over the past few years that ideas that Microsoft comes up with that they don't execute or they don't execute maybe up to their standards, you see that other companies pick those up. Lenovo is known for doing that. I mean, how many years... In the past, do we see the Surface Pro clones, if you will? That's what I'll call them. Let's call them clones. You know, they clone that hinge. They clone that aspect ratio. I'm excited to see the Neo. It's something different. Like you said, Kareem, I think we're I think we're ready for something different. And that's the vibe with some things that I got from CES from an overall perspective this year. We got a little more than what we what I call the COVID spec bump. That's what I call it. You know, we, we got a few surprises and something I'm sure you're getting ready to talk about. We, we're seeing AI and laptops. It, I think we're in a good place. I think I'm ready for this device. I think people will buy it. Who will buy it will be the question. I think businesses are going to pick it up. I think there'll be some consumers pick it up. Now, is it going to sell like a ThinkPad or a gaming laptop at Best Buy? No, it's a niche device. But I well, think... Funny. Funny you should say ThinkPad because I'm sure there's some audience members out here pulling their hair out screaming X1 Fold because uh, the concept um, isn't new, so to speak, but the execution is new for Lenovo because uh, as I've I've reviewed and, you know, it is on the market. There's the X1 Fold and I think they came out with the X1 Fold 2 or at least an update to the X1 Fold lineup, uh, which uses a foldable uh, design. Now, it is more akin to saying the... Uh, it's more like the Galaxy Fold versus the Surface Duo uh, with mm-hmm. these concepts. The the Galaxy Fold is a I don't, I don't want to say plastic. I forget what the tech is called, but it's basically uh, it's not full it's not full glass foldable screen. So it's a plasticky screen that folds in 180 degrees. You can fold it closed and you can open it. So it's basically a laptop in that in that regard. It's much thicker. It's much heavier. Uh, it hasn't taken off. Uh, I would assume the way that Lenovo would want it to or you know, us as journalists are imagining. But this new version, uh, which folds 360 degrees, just like the Surface Duo, you know, it kind of goes front and back. You can basically stack it on its, on its side uh, or back on top of each, uh, each other, is, you know, like you said, this is something new that companies could pro- perhaps see. Now, again, I think the battery life and the size are always gonna be considerations that people, you know, uh, are gonna have. And like I said, the X1 Fold, for all of its design um, prowess, failed in both those aspects. It was too thick, 
Uh, when you pair it with the keyboard, the keyboard was too small because of the aspect ratio that they were using for this design. It just kind of fell in a weird spot. Now, I am going to say that I believe the Neo aspect ratio was probably the selling point more so than just having two screens, which seems what Lenovo is doing. Now, we'll see how well two 16 by 10 screens do because it could be unwieldy for some people. I think the way that Microsoft sold the Neo was that it was, uh, I gotta forget the actual aspect ratio was, but it was more pocketable. You could hold the thing in one hand when it was opened or when it was, you know, things like that. So uh, we, I'm excited. I wanna see how this works. I, I wanna see if it lights a fire under Microsoft to bring back the Neo because I really liked that design. I, I mean, I love the Duo, so uh, we got our fingers crossed, but that is, that is one of the biggest computers coming out of, uh, Lenovo out of CS this year. Another one before I jump into actual what's powering these things, which is a chipset. The other one is uh, the, uh, um, so the, forget the name of it. It's basically like the Lenovo Twist. They're taking a design of a laptop, which so if you open up the lid, you can actually turn it, um, rotate it, uh, and flip it back on its side with an e-ink display. So you have a, I believe it is a 4K uh, OLED display, like a normal laptop. You turn the thing, you open the lid, turn it all, you know, 180 degrees or whatnot on its side, and you have an ink display, full ink display on the other side. So if you're going to be taking notes, things like that, if you are not a fan of writing on glass in that in that in that way, but you do prefer e-ink, it seems to be what Lenovo was also pitching. So that's another one that came out. But now we're going to get into chipsets, and I believe you and I can both kind of dig into this one, but. Uh, we're getting 13 gen uh, Intel's 13 gen uh, chipset, which I believe are dubbed Raptor Lake, which is a cool name. Not gonna yeah. lie. Uh, they will include six uh, new unlocked desktop processors. Uh, so some of them will come with up to 24 cores and 32 threads and clock speeds of 5.8 gigahertz, geared towards gaming, streaming, or recording on devices. Uh, the 13 generation series families include uh, the S series, which are going to be strictly for desktop coming at 35, 65, and 125 watt uh, per, per wattage. The mobile series, which we're all kind of used to, which is the U, P, and H, and uh, I believe there's an HX series. Uh, they will all be broken up by the perspective I5, I7, I9 performance levels. Uh, anyone seeking an I5 design will get up to 14 cores, 5.1 gigahertz speed, and I7 will come up to 16 cores with 5.4 gigahertz, and an I9 with 24 cores and 5.8 gigahertz. Um, if you're wondering what any of that means, to sum it down, Lenovo is saying that there's going to be about a 27% increase, uh, uh, performance increase in media encoding. So for those who are creators or, or gauge things by creative standards, uh, that's what you're going to be seeing. Uh, for those of us who like to play games, uh, that are going to be giving developers about a 34% uh, speedier game development when you're using tools like Blender or Unreal Engine to like you know create your game and stuff like that. So Hopefully we see this uh, as a way for games that are be coming out in the next year or two after this to you know, have better performance, better graphics, it's just something easy for the developers to use. Intel claims better memory, memory, latency and bandwidth performances from these Raptor Lake uh, chips by utilizing larger LLC, faster fabrics and faster DDR5, uh, which should help bolster their multi-thread performance testing, which again, they've shown based on their own chips from last year, the 12th gen, a 41% increase over uh, those chips. So again, this isn't over the market. I don't know how these compare to the two or anything like that, but we're also going to be seeing uh, AMD coming out with the Ryzen 7 series. 
for mobile CPUs, and they're adopting a more dedicated processor section. Uh, not right now, but they will be in the future. Uh, that's the other thing Intel is going to be doing is they're adopting uh, kind of that little big, I think, architecture. Plus, they're uh, adding dedicated processing sections, uh, CPUs on there for like AI processing, something we saw with Microsoft do with Qualcomm, which I think is a story you have later, so I will skip past that. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the Intel chips or just chips in general coming out? I'm, I'm glad to see this. This this For me, this bring, brings back a memory. The old AMD FX chips back in the day when Intel and <laughs> Intel and AMD were going at it the first time around. Yes. And they had this eight core chip the AMD did. Now, the chip was really not the greatest compared to Intel back then, but you had this thing called eight cores, you know, and Intel was sitting over there with four and six in some cases, and that was considered the high end. And I feel like we, we've kind of took that to a modern day way of doing things because you know intel does the thing of in efficiency cores and performance cores now so you a lot of folks are seeing that core count get a little higher amd's game has been we're a little more efficient than intel at some things your battery life in your laptop may be a little better but we're giving you what i call a straight core count the clock speed is there so it's nice to see Intel and AMD back at it. They're pushing each other because, I mean, if it's like last year, by March, April, we're going to start hearing about the AMD 8000. There'll, there'll be rumors out there, and Intel will be pushing that next pounder of whatever 14th gen is going to be. So we need the performance right now. We've got more creators and more gamers out there than ever. So, you know, like you said, you can judge it with media encoding and gaming. That's good to see. You know, will the average productivity user, such as myself and you, see that big a performance difference? Maybe not. But the fact is, it's there, it's available. I think this is good. And I think that's a product to go back on a story. The Neo, we finally got to a place where if you give these companies hardware, they're going to produce some crazy things. <laughs> they're going to push the envelope. And I think that for me, that kind of summarizes CES. We didn't see great things. We saw just slow pushes forward to something different. Yeah. I think, like you said, we're kind of coming out of the COVID fog, not as uh, an infectious people, just as a technolo technological uh, counterpoint in, in time. Like, uh, we are now getting, you know, processes back up, logistics are running, the uh, manufacturing is back, you know, slowly coming back. So these, like you said, people are kind of creeping into, you know, big leaps, uh, setting setting a foundation for maybe, you know, uh, bigger technological jumps uh, in the next year or two. Now, uh, again, Intel isn't all about, you know, they are pitching the higher end chips, but they also have a K series and a N series, which I didn't really know about. But those things have gotten... Uh, significantly improved GPU performance. So for lower end stuff, you're going to be seeing these chips uh, do a lot more, which is kind of cool. Uh, the other last notable thing is Intel uh, Unison, which is a software solution that seamlessly connects your PC and your devices for universal, easy to use experience across operating systems. Uh, this is basically, um, I guess, like phone link you know, for PC users, but Intel solution. So it'll be on, you know, just just like Windows, it'll be on anything, I guess, in 
that's powered by Intel. Uh, but this is mostly designed for iOS users. They do it does support Android, but what it's going to help do is uh, help for faster, more secure pairing processes that can result in faster file transfers, native uh, natively receive uh, text messages. I'm not sure how iMessage works because I know it works on a different protocol uh, that blends uh, SMS and MSS protocols, but presumably you should be getting iMessage if, if not delayed or feature, you know, featureless versions of it and phone notifications on desktop. So Intel is going to be, you know, they're jumping into the fray with this, helping support Microsoft's phone link, I suppose, in some way. Uh, but there you go. So you may, you may not necessarily use phone link, but you could use an Intel uh, Unison version of this native thing. Now we're going to go on to uh, Snapdragon Satellite which is Qualcomm's working on delivering a two-way satellite messaging for high-end Android devices. This is supposed to be coming by mid-2023, uh, similar to what uh, Apple from a lot showed off last year with their SOS platform, essentially allowing you to send a quick message no matter where you're at in the world, uh, no matter what uh, uh, SMS protocol you're using. Uh, the feature is called Snapdragon Satellite. It'll be available in phones, both Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen and two processors, and it's a uh, and it's X70 mobiles uh, modem systems, along with some additional radios. Uh, phones that support it should be launched in a select region starting in the second half of 2023, according to the company's press release. And there are several manufacturers working on designs, according to uh, Francesco uh, Grilli, a Qualcomm spokesperson. Unfortunately, Qualcomm is also looking uh, is also looking at tiering this solution, uh, offering premium messaging features where OEMs or carriers could charge extra. So if you want to do more than just uh, send a quick message, if you want to just use it as kind of a your native texting, no matter, you know, kind of, I guess, bypass, bypassing uh, carrier support, you could pay for that uh, or you can be charged for it. Uh, the last thing I have on my uh, notes about some of this early stuff is uh, Asus made an Xbox controller no OLED screen called the ROG Rakit. Raikiri, I don't know how to pronounce I it. I couldn't pronounce R that one either. Yeah, it's R-A-I-K-I-R-I -I -I Pro. So whoever knows that, please leave it down in the comments phonetically. I really appreciate it. Uh, basically, it's just a Xbox controller with a tiny 1.3 OLED screen that'll be used for uh, showing the charging status, mic status, Bluetooth pairing. It'll run some bit of text and uh, animated wallpapers. There's no mention of how this functions with in-game usage, so I don't know if you're going to get any like maps or anything like that on the screen. But it's been done before. I think Sony did this uh, for a little bit as well. Uh, it's kind of cool, kind of neat that it's coming back. Uh, Google showed off its uh, updated Android Auto platform. Uh, just picture uh, CarPlay from two years ago when they were using split screen a lot for to, to kind of show both uh you know audio like if you're playing music plus maps because right i think right now it's a full screen experience on android auto so if you're doing one you, you can only do one or the other at, at a time um it looks a bit distracting but we'll see how you know it'll probably announce it more at google io or sometime after that um the other thing i have listed is alienware is finally moving to 60 by 10 aspect ratios for the gaming laptops which is kind of cool but brings with it increased size. So if you're looking, I mean, I don't know, I don't know any gamer who's got a laptop that's looking for portability, so to speak. They're looking for the biggest, best screen. I would assume mm -hmm. that they can move around somewhat. So uh, Alienware is moving from 15 and 17 inches to 16 
and 18, I believe. Yes. And so they will, 16 and 17, I apologize. Uh, QHD plus screens uh, with taller, like I said, the aspect ratios are a little you know, taller, which is kind of cool. So if you're not just strictly gaming, if you're going to actually do some work on this, it'll be useful for that. Uh, these the, the lines that are particularly moving up or upgrading to this are the M18 and uh, the X16. The M18 will include two Thunder, uh, two Thunderbolt 4 ports, HDMI 2.1, Ethernet, and SD card readers per usual, uh, an upgradable DDR5 RAM slots. I believe you can have two uh, that can cram up to about nine terabytes of storage. Uh, but the models will be starting at about $2,000. The first configurations will be released. Will be released. Will be roughly around twenty eight hundred bucks. So uh, I don't know how they. I guess you can pull some of that stuff off and get to two thousand. Uh, and then the X sixteen will start at about three thousand, uh, but we don't know when these will be available. Uh, that is the it for my interest in CES. What did you got? Anything else? Well, other than to add just a couple sentences here to what you were just talking about, you know, you you heard my reaction to those prizes, but kind of what, <laughs> kind, kind, kind of what came to mind though, go back a few years. Well, let's go back ten years. What did we see? The big honking gaming laptops with the seventeen, you know, seventeen point three inch screen. Everybody wanted that seventeen point three inch screen. And it's kind of, it's very interesting to me to see that we've come back to <coughs> basically the same place. Yeah. You know, we're back in the, you know, the bigger 16, you know, Razor's got their, <coughs> excuse me, folks, Razor's got their 18, you know, out there. Alienware's got their 18. So here we are, we're back in the big screen, but. We've gone a lot thinner. We've gone a lot smaller. You're not necessarily carrying around a 10-pound brick anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, having tested uh, some of the Legion stuff back in the or recently, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, you're looking at you know, I think four pounds or something like that. And so, it's it's nice that you know you're getting bigger screen for a lot less weight. Still very portable, like, I guess when you when you make those compromises. So you can get kind of, we kind of got people on, but now I don't, I don't have any models or information right in front of me, but just by scanning what we saw at CES, you can now get, if you're a gamer, it's a good time to be, you can get both ends. There were some good 14 inch laptops out there. The, I do know that the G14 got updated. I know that the Asus G14, by the way, I know that MSI came out with a stealth 14. I will throw that in there that I saw some early, early adopters and people talking about saying that that may be the 14 inch laptop to beat this year, that they've got some special mechanism going on with the cooling. There, there wasn't a whole lot that came out about that, but that was important. And I, I kind of noticed we had both spectrums. We had the 14 inchers are still raising their head. Alienware updated their X14 a little bit. I think that got a 16 by 10 screen this time around. And, yeah. you know, they, they shaved off a little weight and shaved off a little size and, you know, updated the CPUs like everybody else. But I think it's interesting. Now you have your choice. Consumers finally get that choice. 14 on one end or the big 18 on the other end. What do you want? What do you want to pay for? Well, that's that's the other interesting part too. Is that I think the unspoken thing that we're we're not mentioning is that when they say eight inches, eighteen, seventeen, sixteen, whatever these numbers are, that is just green real estate. Uh, when it when we used to say these back in the day, that meant 
computer size for the most part. So when you're saying like, oh, I'm going to get an 18 inch laptop, that thing was 18 inch. It was huge. Mm-hmm. When you say 18 inches now, that just means screen real estate. The thing could look like a 16 and a half inch laptop, but you're getting 18 inches of screen because the bezels have been reduced. It's, you know, uh, borderless, so to speak. So uh, when we say these, don't think of like, oh, this is a big honking 17 right. inch laptop. It's it could be a 16. It could be a, a 16 inch physical laptop with a 17 inch screen aspect ratio because you're doing 16 by 10. So, you know, you might still be getting the same size laptop. You're just getting more screen real estate now for your money, which is great. I think that's a good thing. I'm ready to see one of those in person and just kind of compare. I've still got one of the old 17 threes in the closet as a relic. And oh, I, may yeah. pu- I may pull it out and just see what we get. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. We'll have to, we'll have to take some photos of that. Um, we're going to jump into our headlines, which aren't many. Like we said, Microsoft didn't make a lot of waves this past week. Uh, they are a uh, hibernating bear that is now waking up. So we will wait today. You know, maybe next week will be full of news. or Maybe they just took the week off because of CES. But you got some headlines for us. What do you got? I got a few. Uh, the gamer in me is back here. We got a few gaming headlines that popped out this week. Um, some good titles coming out in 2023 some that some people have been waiting for and some that uh, are older titles that are popular that are getting updates we've got starfield is finally going to make a full appearance diablo 5 will make a appearance about middle way through the year that's uh early spring early su- or late spring early summer and a new update to forza motorsport I'm happy to see this. I was kind of hoping that, you know, as usual, Forza Motorsport would be in the launch release window of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, but we're finally getting that update that's supposed to come this spring. And Game Pass, Let's kind of, this is kind of the meat of what I have here. We've got some rumors of some Game Pass changes, you know, back in September, Microsoft launched Xbox Game Pass Friends and Family, but they only did it in Ireland and Colombia. And basically what that allowed is think of your Netflix membership or your Hulu membership where you go in and add sub people, your kids, your wife, your husband, etc. And everybody could have their little spot. Well, now with the way it is here in the U.S. at least, you have to, if you have two people in the family, you have to pay for two subscriptions so i'm hoping that will finally make it to the us which kind of leads us to what is microsoft going to do with game pass phil spencer has hinted he hinted at the end of last year that that price increase is coming and with the activision blizzard thing going on out there which we have kind of stayed away from in this podcast a little bit um i think they're gonna have to do that that price is gonna have to go up a little bit i know right now after taxes when it hits my credit card it's 16.99 a month i think you get one heck of a deal for 16.99 a month but i think i was thinking about it yesterday we have microsoft sitting out there with all this gaming ecosystem that we enjoy you know we have it on our pc we can you know use it on our phones we've got cloud gaming We've got PC Game Pass, and basically for the ultimate subscription, you pay $16.99. I like for things to be inexpensive like anybody else, but I feel like maybe that's a little too cheap for what you get. So I'm okay with $19.99 if we get there. 
And just to throw a little nugget out there, something that crossed my mind this morning. What if it went to $24.99 at some point, maybe not this year, and Microsoft threw in some sort of streaming aspect? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Netflix, you know, some sort of, you know, streaming service and completed the whole ecosystem. You can now turn on your Xbox and get a little bit of everything. Sure, you can rent movies, you can buy movies, but what if some way we completed this? Now, I'm, you know, that's not a news headline. That's just a thought that came to my mind. So if you've got thoughts about it, you know, drop it in the comments. We'd be, inch, I'd be interested to have that discussion with some of you. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? We got one more, just as a hint here. Games are going to $70. Phil Spencer has said that, so you can expect games to bump up to $70 in 2023, which kind of leads me to the new Xbox Series X bundle that is out. We have Forza Horizon 5 comes with the Xbox Series S, so if you didn't get what you wanted for the holidays or you got a few gift cards you need to burn, Look for that bundle out there. The bundle's out there for $5.59. And Kareem, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're going to $70 games and we're assuming that that starts, you know, now that is a little bit of a discount for what it may be early in the year. I believe the X is $4.99. So $5.59 would be a $60 game. Maybe you're getting a little bit of a deal there. Yeah, you are getting a bit of a deal. Um now this is to this news is coming on the in the shadow of Sony saying that they're going to be having more PlayStation 5s available so it's be interesting to see how you know we saw the momentum of the Series X kind of increase over the pandemic towards the end of the pandemic kind of keeping pace with uh Sony uh, the Series S was kind of a breakout as well because of its uh inexpensive price tag with the prices of games going up uh it'll be interesting to see if Microsoft can, can still compete with that they have mentioned uh, about their supply chain, whether or not they're going to be having more X's available to compete with this as well. Uh, so maybe, you know, we start seeing these bundles be the last fashion of this, genera- of this generation's deals for Microsoft, so to speak, and everything else becomes software deals. So you get, uh, uh, you know, uh, more games on Game Pass despite paying a little bit more, stuff like that. That's what, you know, we'll see how they balance that out. Uh, that's to say nothing about how they're going to pay off uh, Activision, if they ever get them, because you know, once that if that is finalized, there's going to be another recalibration of how do we pay off the debt on this, how do we make this profitable, and what do we do internally, what do we do externally as far as the consumers, do we pass that on to them, do we eat that, you know, stuff like that will all need to be answered within the next two and a half years. Well, too, I mean, and I don't, I don't want to go down this road. The Activision <laughs> Blizzard thing have been beat to death, but. Fair one enough. comment I, one one comment I will make here we've gone deeper into it even in the last 30 days we've gone a little deeper into it I think the acquisition will be completed I don't think these lawyers will continue to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars paying lawyers and paying attorneys to to fight this and write these documents and defend themselves I think this will be completed it's just a matter of when and what conditions come with it. Yeah, we've already gotten two more, I believe, countries, uh, regulators, 
giving the the thumbs up to it. I forget who it was specifically. I think it's China and uh, another one, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, they're they're slowly progressing. Again, we'll have to we'll we'll revisit this in full probably in June when you know that's their their uh, their own internal deadline. So, we can move on to your next headline though. All right, I got one that's a little bit uh, Microsofty here, folks. Uh, Microsoft did did talk a little bit this week. I know, as we said, we're, they're kind of in the New Year hangover. They're not fully, don't have the PR and marketing machine fully up and running maybe yet. But we're getting a Microsoft Teams feature in February, something I'm looking forward to. It's called Busy on Busy. And when I first read that, I said, what in the world is busy on busy? Then you read it, and if you're old school and you've still got a landline phone, remember the good old call waiting. Mm -hmm. Where if you were on a call and somebody called you, you got this little beat. And that's what come to mind here when I talked about busy on busy. And basically what that allows you to do is if like kareem and i here if we're in this video chat and somebody wants to call either one of us we would get a notification that we're getting a second call but as a user you will be able to choose what happens to that call is that call automatically pushed through does that call go is it redirected and i think there's even a mention of some sort of answering service possibly coming with it now for some folks, they're like, well, I've already got that. Sure. Windows administrators have been able to configure that at the administrative level for their users for quite some time. This is the first time it's coming straight to Teams to be in the Teams interface to where the user has some control over that just to, just to make it clear for some that say, well, my administrator already does that. You're right but it's coming to teams so users the end user has control over what's going on with that awesome can't wait for that and what's our last headline we've got one more folks and we've got microsoft chief chief product officer is building windows with ai in mind and i'm not necessarily going to read directly what we had wrote down but and i kind of want to go back to what you mentioned earlier when we were talking about cs the surface pro 9 has already hinted at what this could be and when it, the lte model let me make that clear the regular in into the arm model excuse me got that wrong the ARM model is already showing what that could be. The Intel model is not there yet. For example, you can blur your background, kind of what Kareem's got going on here and I have going on here. Now we're using a third party product to do that, but it would be nice to see these AI technologies in the operating systems and in the Intel space a little bit better. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. AI is going to be more relevant. You're going to start seeing these things. I think some of the laptops at CES mentioned having AI built into them. Kareem, if you know of a specific model, feel free to chime in here. But I saw it mentioned on a couple. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, there. what's the interesting part about CES and the way that AI is being uh, displayed this time around is, you know, I think for 
five years, we kept getting AI as digital assistants, things that we could mm -hmm. be tangible with, to have a discussion with, interact with. I believe the way that Panos and everyone else is speaking this year is more of that processes run in the back out. It, they're using the term AI, but it's a lot of machine learning behind the AI and what it produces. And so, as you mentioned in the Surface Pro uh, 9, it's they have the, the Qualcomm chip that has a, a dedicated machine learning processor and AI uh, uh, CPU on there that helps uh, utilize, I think, like noise cancellation, which is a big thing that they had. You basically, you and I can be on a phone call and someone can be in the background vacuuming and the AI processes all of that out in real time. Uh, the same thing with the, the blur background, it adds the bokeh effect in real time. Also, you know, autofocus and tracking, these kind of things are going to be built into these processors. Uh, Windows is, is thinking about, you know, leveraging this from, you know, chip makers, Intel, things like that, and manufacturers who want to add a whole bunch of software. But the way that they're building Windows and the way that they're building these chips is that that stuff's going to start being put, uh, put in dedicated processors. So that the CPU pool isn't just being, you know, eaten up by all these random things running in the background, like Lenovo Advantage or whatever. That will be on an own processor so that you get better battery life. That's the end result is better battery life and better performance and better GPU performance, the like graphics performance on your computers because they won't be sharing the pool of CPU resources. And that's, I believe, what Panos is really getting to. Even going to various many specifics about, you know, what features in Windows will be coming with AI, but you better believe that this Windows Studio, I believe it's called, will be on, a, an, Intel, on an Intel version of, uh, of a laptop pretty soon. Uh, AMD is working on building these, like, you know, dedicated processes into their chips. Intel is working on it, and they said they should have to be out by the end of uh, the middle of this year. So Intel versions will have these, like, you know, neat little features that Windows will be packing in here saying like, you know, everybody will get it no matter uh, what type of computer you have. You won't necessarily need to have the high, super high end thing because these will be built in where the processor is taking advantage of these uh, uh, specifically. So again, think less of talking to Cortana and more of noise suppression, uh, uh, AI filters, uh, you know, maybe uh, things built into Excel to help speed up the way you do calculations and spit out reports and things of that nature. These will be more, this is what they mean by the AI features coming into Windows. Again, I think that that's a leap forward. Uh, you know, that that's yet another push forward. Like you said, AI has always been voice assistant. Hey, you know, to keep from setting anybody's stuff off. Hey, somebody, you know, or, you know, somebody listening. And mm -hmm. the, the first example of it, was not a Microsoft product. So the, my first experience with it was NVIDIA broadcasts that, mm -hmm. you know, we're using here. And if we can get that directly on the chip, like you said, one, it's more efficient. And two, the, the services are right there available. Yeah. And I think AI is the next software hardware combo step forward, you know, anticipating things and being able to adapt to things like, for example, take your blurred background for example if a spotlight was to come up behind you it automatically knows how to adjust to barely if at all you know blow out your shot or, or mess things up 
going to be interesting to see. I'm ready cool. for the first laptop to come out with it just to see what it can do. And as always, once the hardware comes out, the software developers, will, if there's an API or whatever they need, will be there and the software developers will run with it and we'll see all kinds of things pop I up. I believe we're going to start seeing some of that stuff come into like the apps that we get in Windows. We'll see somehow they'll, they'll manage to have photos take advantage of this the way with you know uh filtering and processing we'll start but we'll probably start seeing better editing features using ai in the apps themselves same thing with the browser i believe you know for background processing how to pause and tombstone uh things in edge browser to make it more efficient so you know put, putting tabs to sleep you're waking them up keeping the resource pool where they're at that's where this ai machine learning stuff will start to, to really show itself not like you said not in the old-fashioned way of like oh hey cortana you know, show me my schedule. It's going to be like, no, I've been using Edge and I haven't closed it in, you know, 16 weeks, but it performs just like it should have because the processes mm -hmm. are running, you know, they're constantly running around in the background, optimizing things uh, based on the machine learning, based on your patterns, based on the way you use your system. So that's what I expect to see. Uh, I'm very excited for 2023. Uh, haven't been like this in the last two years, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, even though great things have come out. But I am excited for what Microsoft has, for what the world will be getting, for what tech is going to be doing uh, with a lot of stuff. So uh, that's my take. I'm glad you guys were here with us to, to give you that take. We will be here every week as often as we can, giving you more news. Uh, welcome to 2023 with us. Welcome, folks. As Kareem said, uh, before we jump out of here, I'm glad everybody's here. appreciate your support over the last several years that this podcast has been going on and i appreciate the support and the little feedback that some of you have sent me in the um few weeks that i've been here i appreciate that i don't plan on going anywhere um uh, some people i think kind of like the fun guy a little bit um, i mean what's not to like about fun right <laughs> exactly and i'm excited folks i'm excited to you know get on here and talk about this every week and it's nice to finally maybe get to a COVID-free or less interfered year and see what we get. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. Let's see what we get. And folks, I'm going to jump out if Kareem's got anything else to say. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, enjoy your weekend. <laughs>